Preston Weeks of Operations X. And I'm pulling up for everyone watching. I just I'm pulling up an image of uh, that truck van flatbed you sent me and it's uh for, yeah for everyone watching i'm i have it on the screen right now and i'll uh, put it in the whatever i don't know but back to you preston what is what, nice. is, what is that thing yeah yeah that they I, I always they had a little soft spot in my heart yeah you know and so i always wanted one and they're rare too and i'm a car guy and so they're kind of you know, a lot of times I pull up in that and they're like, what do you do? Take a Volkswagen bus and cut the back off of it. And, and I'm like, no, no, this is actually like how they are. Oh, yeah. really? That's but, what I thought you did. Yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, most people think that. So it's called a single cab. So it's just a 62 single cab, uh, truck. And so, yeah, that's what they are. But, uh, and two, you know, you always said, you know, people don't have energy and, and things like that because they're sitting in podcasts. So I was like, today, I'm going to start standing up. <laughs> I was I was wondering, I was like, is everything, is everything all right? <laughs> You're standing up. It's, I mean, the mystery continues. Are we or are we not wearing pants? And the the, the mystery continues. I'm, I'm still, that, that one's up in the air. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Know it's it's the mystery that will never be settled until court and well, YouTube sues me for not wearing pants. But until then, it's a mystery. It's a it's a mystery box, right? But yeah, yeah, man. Maybe I should start doing that. I don't want to do it right now because I'm comfy in my chair. But that wouldn't be a bad idea because I do get, I definitely get like cramped because like this microphone. Like I need to get one like you're getting, like you have. Because what happens yeah. is I try to like I try to lean close to it so it comes yeah. through clear. But because yeah. I'm just kind of like jerry-rigging this podcast, the audio from this, I'm also just recording out of the speakers. So I put it close to the speakers. So I end up doing this kind of weird number for like an hour or two. And if you could look yeah. at it from the side, I mean, it looks like I have advanced stage scoliosis. Like I'm just I'm bent over, <laughs> leaning forward on one side. And every once in a while, you'll see the I'll just I'll try that and go, go closer. But it's. Maybe I should stand up, but I'm not going it's to actually, right now. It, I think it's actually kind of like you're in a dance. You know, okay. you're, like, you're, you're in a dance with the person okay. you're, I'm tangoing. you're interviewing, you're having a conversation with, you're jiving with that you know, <laughs> energy, and you know, you're going back and forth. I with got them, it. So, I like it. Know, I'll give you a new perspective. I, I like it, Preston, and, that's, and, that's, and we'll segue that into Preston, Preston Weeks, author of How to Be Up in Down Times, which will be in the description in the top comment. But you're right, because if you go back to the first like 40 episodes, which are, whew, which are all on, uh, you can get it on Kindle, not, not Audible yet, Preston, but um, if you go back to like the first 40 episodes, they're all on Skype, and they all start with like, I make contact with the person, and I always just said the same thing, I'm like, let's fucking tango. And that kind of became yeah. a thing, and I didn't think about it until someone pointed it out. But now I can't say it anymore because I think about it. But it was. It was like, let's tango. Let's let's do this thing. There's no script. Like, we're just, you know, who's wearing pants? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. why isn't it on Audible? Why isn't How to Be Up and Down Times on Audible? So, yeah, I it, it's uh, been neglect on my part, neglect on time. So, uh, you know what? That I, I'm I'm gonna write that down. I hope you do, Preston. Here I gotta bring I bring bring my notepad up. See my desk. I got one of those desks. That's what I need. Yeah. The, you need yeah, to write it down because I I scold every author I have. I'm sorry, I just cut you off. That was rude. No, no, I deserve to be scolded. <laughs> no, you don't. That's uh, legitimate. No, but because you know, we all need to realize, uh, you know, what we need to do. You know, and that's something that definitely I need to do. 
and I'm not I'm, I'm not offended by it, you know that and and that that's a challenge too. I think that happens too often with people today is people get offended, yeah, you know, by someone's you know comment or yeah. someone's opinion or something like that, and, and you go, hey, you need to get out there. You're trying to help me or whatever. But you know, some people might take offense to that. You know, yeah. they might go, oh, whatever, oh, you know, yeah. I don't have it done, yeah, you know, kind of a thing, yeah. But um, no, I, I love it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm, yeah. So I am actually taking action. I'm writing Woo. it down. Woo. So that's step one, you know, to help you to get your goals. You know, step step two, you know, to make them happen is to you know tell someone you're going to do it. And so and I, you're we're saying it on video. Yeah. Action you're saying right it on now. video. You're saying it on video. You're 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 screwed. Now you've. Set, I'm going to turn the fan on. You said it on video that that's what. You're yeah. Doing. So now, now now it's out there to the world. Yeah, and you're going to be a fraud if you don't follow through, Preston. I mean, how can? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I don't I don't know. So now right, I'm just. Yep. What? Another checklist yeah. item thing. I've let's gotta go. Let's segue into that then. Like let's um, you said write it down. Tell someone you do it. What are because for me, mine, because clearly I'm an egotistical asshole and I have to turn this into me. When I, whenever I have a goal, it's, yeah, I write it down or I put it in like notes on my phone. Um, and then like of that like mass of like to do I have, I'll always pluck out a couple and be like doing this one tomorrow. And I never, I make my to do list for tomorrow. I do it the last thing in the day because my logic is is whatever I am convinced I can do when I'm absolutely exhausted at the end of the day, I know mm-hmm. I'll be able to do the next day. Versus if you wake up, have a cup of coffee, and you're like, I'm going to call 11 people today, and I'm going to, you know, an hour goes yeah. by, the dopamine kick wears off, and you're like, I don't want to do any of this. So I yeah. make a list when I'm exhausted. After a podcast and my brain is fried, and I'm uploading it and putting it on external hard drives, and I'm sending emails to people in that moment is when I make, I'm like, what am I doing tomorrow? Because that is the most realistic me. That's the, that's the crankiest, most tired, hungry, sleepy version of me. I'm like, tomorrow I know, I know I am good to send out two emails. Like I know I am good to do that. And then I always do it because the next day I feel better. But what is your process for getting stuff done? Because you're, you're a multitasker, you're an entrepreneur, you're a. Yeah, I am. And you know, I found too that I think there's not one thing that works for everyone, but there's definitely general, you know, principles that, that work or can work for everyone. Uh, you know, part of that too, is just, you know, sitting down and organizing it. I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, is to organize it, to actually, actually do it and write it down because, you know, we get going and, you know, we get doing things and we get, you know, busy and then it's, uh, so it's so easy someone like me like ADHD to go okay squirrel bunny trail yeah you know and I'm down you know and I'm getting things done but in the end you know sometimes that might affect the deadline or something if I didn't have a way to revector and come back in and so really it's just simple you know simple 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 but you know checklists and priority like knowing what you're doing and prioritizing what you're doing too and so you know like for me, I, I like to have somewhat aggressive checklists. So I'll put, you know, always more than I can do because mm-hmm. I'm trying to push my boundaries of okay. you know, what I can accomplish and what I can get done during the day. But most importantly, kind of like what you're saying that, that night before those things that you can get done, I'll prioritize it. So I'll, I'll categorize it. So I'll go, okay, this is you know what I have to do today. This is what, you know, I can work on, you know, beyond that. 
and this is what needs to be done by the end of the week. You know, so I have different reach on what's going on and what needs to happen. Kind of, you know, it what, mentally prepares you for it. What's on today? To put you on the spot, what's on today? So if you can share that, if you can share that. Yeah, no, what, what's on today, actually. So it's a exciting day today. So yeah, we're checklisting everything. So for the, I kind of, I think I mentioned last time. So you've got a book in you. Uh, you have a book in you project I've been working on with Mark Victor Hansen. So uh, we launched that, we launched that really, really quickly, uh, you know, back when COVID, the whole COVID thing, you know, took off. And so now we've actually switched platforms and we've made the product way more robust, which is really, really great. And we've had a lot of depth. We've had a lot of pieces to it to support authors to get to their goals. So we're taking the initial training and then, and then we moved on to a new platform. So it's been a huge, huge you know, piece of work. And then we built probably about, you know, 45 or so 50 or so new different assets to help people through the authorship process. Okay. So it's, you know, different, different things like, you know, how to, you know, create your story or how to create your author's bio or speed, write and different things. And it goes through all these different, you know, components and different pieces. And we have worksheets and have set that up now and it all deploys. And so, uh, that's exciting. So we're, we're test driving that today. So, yeah. so it's like, you know, it's like if you, you put it in car guy terms, yeah. like I always associate yeah. life. And, you know, you built your new car, it rolls off of the assembly line. It's like, well, this is, a, you know, version one of the new car. Yeah. Actually, the version two, I guess, yeah. is a model update yeah. of, of the first car. And so, yeah, we're taking out driving and making sure it works because it's just you get so many pieces in a project like this. I mean, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of pieces that all have to sync, you know, together digitally so that it works and so it deploys and so you know we build it and build it as good as you can and then you have to actually run through it like a customer would and oh, yeah. you know click through every single thing and read through every hell single yeah. thing and i got you all the links and so hell yeah that's hey so so hopefully tomorrow is uh deployment yeah on that but well, we'll see is speaking of test driving so last time we talked you mentioned um the autonomous cars and right, right, Arizona, New Mexico, where Texas, Arizona. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in Arizona. Yeah. Yep. You mentioned, I thought you, I, I don't know. Cause I'm an idiot. I thought, yeah. are you sitting down now? Yeah. <laughs> it's, there you go. Yeah, slow it down. Let's ah, relax. Is, um, <laughs> yeah. There, there you go. Just, you gotta get, I need like a, I wish I had a really deep voice. So I could be like, bring it down. Quiet time. Yeah, quiet time. <laughs> Tommy's podcast after hours for all you gents and gals out there. Grab a whiskey and smoke your smoke. Because <laughs> we are bringing it down. From da- and then you got to go into, you got to go into like the air horn, like, like the, bah, 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 you know, like the, yeah, you know, like, welcome to 95.5 The Beat. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got to tell you a funny story, story of the air horn. And, <laughs> well, yeah, a whole crazy side story that happened to us last it. night. Uh, decide to distract but yeah the first okay. time I took my son my son loves sports and, my, and uh, you know he's just, he's pretty good at basketball he's eight yeah uh, but you know for an eight year old and uh, <laughs> but and take him down to the son's game here and we go watch oh, a yeah. game so 
ever since that first day he went to his son's game, I have a perma air horn through that goes off in his mouth about five times, you know, a day. Every time something happens, he's always like, DJ Khaled. And so that noise has been incorporated into our daily life very much. Um, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that's soothing. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, break it down. Um, I, it's completely from like, oh, yeah. So we were talking, uh, what were the hell, Arizona test drive? Yeah, because I'm an idiot and you're a car guy and I'm not. And I thought for some reason I thought I knew. But you said Nikola last time. And I thought I was like, for sure he means Tesla. There's actually a car or truck company. For everyone listening, neither oh, I don't know if Preston does. But I don't have any ties to this company, so this isn't me promoting it. But there is a company called. I don't either. Actually. Okay. All right. All right. Well, fair enough. Then we are actually just, just talking. It's about just it. open conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, cool stuff. Stop accusing me. I'm not advertising. It's like that's a weird thing. No one, no one accused me, and here I am getting defensive. I'm like, I'm not being paid by them. My company right here, Operations yeah. X. This that's is me promoting. And this is this is my company. This this, this <laughs> ugly mug, which butchered myself shaving again oh yeah, yeah. It's like the fourth time in the last week cause appara- yeah because apparently i have the motor skills of a three-year-old but nikola is a is a actual truck company or car company and it's autonomous trucks yep so yeah it's based off of uh, so you know i spent some time in the and en- uh energy renewable energy industry so i understand a little bit about hydrogen I actually spent six months doing a feasibility study on a large uh, scale hydrogen manufacturing facility that was gonna be based in an area in California and met with the governor or the area about it and all the you know uh, mayors and everything. And But um, so I know a thing or two about hydrogen, which is really interesting, And but they're trying to make a play where they're doing a hydrogen fuel cell and battery coupled together. So, you know, that it basically is like a clean hybrid, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, like a diesel um, would be with, that they use now for trucking. So diesel has a lot of emissions output and, you know, diesel trucks are just running all the time. And that's a major, major backbone to the United States for our shipping industry, especially right now, you know, two day delivery. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just a huge, huge important thing for everyone in our daily lives right now. So the trucking industry has a big carbon footprint, you know, with that. And so, you know, they're kind of the first ones to really go at it and try and pioneer. I, I mean, there's actually, I know a couple other companies um, that have done this that didn't make it, but they're the first ones to get traction. And so, you know, that's really exciting. So they've done a really creative, um, you know, public offering basically where they, you know, partnered up with, another public fund essentially which is kind of the new trend in uh, ipos now but they uh yeah they're doing really cool stuff they're hiring a ton of people uh they're really aggressive and so you know their biggest challenge is going to be infrastructure and getting that infrastructure to support it but i've looked at you know different scenarios and with hydrogen infrastructure and so you can localize uh, hydrogen plants, but really it all comes down to the cost of energy and I can get nerdy on that, but then we'll lose everyone's interest here. But I don't care. Nicole is doing some cool stuff though, for sure. So they're t- completely just, they're taking the, you know, the class eight is a, is a uh, commercial, you know, tow vehicle and they're turning that industry and flipping it over. And then they're working on things like, uh, 
uh, garbage trucks too and stuff like that now so i think there's a big market for that and yeah i don't, I don't care who we lose can we go back to the energy what, what what was it that you were saying that you said you're scared of losing everyone because i don't care um this is, inter- oh. <laughs> this is interesting this is interesting to me if you don't like it just well yeah, stop yeah, yeah. okay so yeah well so the issue with renewable hydrogen production that i've seen uh, as far as you know getting the cost side down in my analysis is uh is the challenges with energy costs so the current way that you do clean clean green hydrogen so there's also hydrogen that's also made with um you know methane and it's like kind of okay but it's not you know the most perfect thing it's not perfectly renewable but you can actually just take you know water and it runs through a cell and it it basically you know shoots electricity through there and and it changes that water and splits the molecules in the water so you, know, you get oxygen and yeah. you get hydrogen. Yeah, it's literally that. Yeah. So oxygen comes out and it just makes nice oxygen in the atmosphere. You could capture it if there was value to it. It's really hard to tie the value to it, um, you know, from a plant or anything. But the tough part is the energy input to get the water to convert. You have to put so much energy on it, so much energy on it. So, you know, when we were looking at it, we were trying to get like two and a half cent energy which is achievable but you basically have to have a direct connection to your massive massive energy source and transmission the way transmission works in society today screws that up Mm -hmm. because once you take your energy off a property you know someone wants to charge you for it it's like okay well we built the highway to do it the wire you know and so they're going to charge you a couple cents, you know, to transfer that mm-hmm. energy across that. And so then on the hydrogen deals that we were looking at, that killed the deal mm-hmm. for it. So it's it's solvable, though. It's a solvable problem. Is Do you think that's in the future? Because I don't know anything about cars and I also don't know anything about renewable energy. I mean, I know the buzzwords to sound like I have somewhat of you know, a couple points above a room temperature IQ. You got to have the renewable energies. I mean, you got to have the hydrogen and the lithium and the ions. I mean, the coal power plants, you know, the carbon emissions, and, you know, the first time in 650,000 years, you know, it's, but I'm really not saying anything. I'm just parroting shit like so many people do today. What is, it was, so, because I do know this, I do know that, like, you know, well, regardless of, like, kind of, like, the, and I'm not, I, I don't care. I, I think it's, that's, that's just how the world works. But let's, I mean, you know, the, the I mean, they are kind of conflict metals, right? They're rare, rare earth metals. I mean, 30, or 90, 90% of the world's trade comes from China, which only has 30% of the world's reserves. But it's just they've manipulated to have 90% of the trade. I guess hats off to them. But then there's also things like cobalt from, like, strip mines in Africa. But that's all not trying to get into some social justice warrior. Well, that's well, wrong. No. Yeah. Exactly what you're saying. That that's the biggest problem with batteries today. All they're toxic as fuck. Precious metal. You know, I'm gonna really generalize here. Rare earth metals. But, you know, basically the rare metals that are used in batteries today come from hostile nations. Yeah, yeah. The, and there is a very much a lot of truth to that. The earth and has a funny way of doing that. Scary things happening too with China. And, and, you know, this is real concern for me and should be for everyone, but China is buying up, you know, the whole entire globe's natural resources. Have you ever read Stealth War 
by Brigadier General Robert Spaulding. No, I haven't. He was on this podcast, episode 161. He was a B-2 spirit bomber, and he was on Obama's National Security Council. But he writes a book about that, and they go into the Belt and Road Initiative. I think if you're concerned about it, you would thoroughly enjoy it, because that, book scared, I will. The, that yeah. book scared the shit out of me. Yeah, because, okay, because, you know, this is just like my own, you know, thinking of things. But, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, it's... Uh, I'll text it to you. Don't worry. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll remind yeah. you. You know, that the, there's that kind of stuff happening all over the world. And so, you know, it's, uh, you got to keep your head up. And it's, it's just a tricky, tricky world, you know, yeah. we live yeah. in today. Yeah. The, the, oh. Yeah. The earth has kind of a funny, dark sense of humor by putting what we need in the West under the feet of tyrannical societies in the, I guess, I wouldn't say East east of because apparently america is the center of the world but i mean i mean uh fossil fuels and like in the gulf right and then you got rare earth metals and yet cobalt and shit in africa you got all that stuff in china and it's like they have a funny way of taking everything we need and it's right. like hey we need yeah. all these poppy seeds opium heroin trade cia medical, yeah you know, yeah hey, yeah hey it's you know why are we in vietnam we got to beat the commies but there's also a thriving heroin trade but you know it's the kind of funny way of doing that but so let's if we can just in in the way that we do on a daily basis if we can just kind of ignore all those human rights issues yeah what, what are the let's go back to the actual just battery let's not even go into the phys, physical aspects of the battery what let's just go as the battery itself let's just say there's a battery forget how i got here we have a battery mm-hmm. that is still charged off of a off of a grid burning <laughs> coal and, and gasoline right. and so is it yeah is it and i love to i own tesla stock full disclosure but is there yeah. a is it actually is it better yeah well it, it, you know it it's a complicated thing right now you know we can't just switch there's a huge infrastructure yeah. issue you know and and that will overcome with time and with progression of technology and things like that uh, i think that there is a good hope and future for uh, making a battery that's not reliant Mm -hmm. on those countries too Mm -hmm. you know so i think there's different technologies out there and i don't know what's going to win with the battery technologies and where that's going to go i'm not going to jump into that but you know i i think they can go there but uh you know looking at it like into the future and you know adopting all these you know transitions of different types of fuels and things. I mean, it's viable. Like, for example, you know, jump back to hydrogen. Like, if you look at hydrogen, you can float hydrogen in natural gas infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be a trade-out. And, uh, and it actually, they're doing this in Germany where they'll send hydrogen in the same line as the natural gas line at, because it's on top of it. It sits on top of it. So they can separate it, you know, on the meter coming out. Oh, wait. so they put them in the same pipe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they can run them in the same pipe. That's badass. Because hydrogen's lighter. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, and then, you know, I I think, too, really the long-term answer to, you know, what you're saying with the problem is, you know, yeah, you make the energy with dirty fuels and things like that, and it is that, you know, kind of chicken egg kind of issue, where does it come from? I think we'll transition, but what I would love to see is the cost massively drive down on self-generated power and storage. And I think uh, building integrated power generation is is the answer to that. Mm-hmm. So, 
as technology advances and we look at you know these different things so we've got solar right now that's that's the common thing that's adopted you throw it on your roof whatever so there's different technologies that are coming out like thin films that they say okay let's put it on the glass you know now generate power i think you know, but it doesn't perform really well so and the cost is too high you know it's just not it doesn't hit the adoption nexus i'll probably piss off a couple of people but it does, you know it, that's reality of it and it but it, it will and i think it's there they need if it's there they need you know teach people that yeah in their marketing but you know solar is for sure you know solar you can make it work it pencils out uh it's really great with the credits but you don't even need the credits you know because Anytime you can take something that's bankable, I, well, you know that's that's the issue. But it's warranted and you know it's uh, insurable, you know, and it's performance guaranteed. So yeah, that that makes it bankable. So you know, the bank bankability of all those things kind of needs to be adopted, and that yeah, that's a whole you know complicated formula with. You know, company performance and things like that, and how that mixes together. Dude, but go into it. You you, you you keep cutting yourself off. You're like, I don't want to get it. Go go. I don't. Yeah, I'm interested. Well, I'm listening. Well, you know, I'm so, listening. So you create bankability. Is, you know, sorry, so is bankability. Bank- sorry, is bankability like? Sorry to interrupt. You I had to ask. Is bankability like, like a monetary bank? Or are you talking like a like capacity, get, like battery uh, financing? I thought you so, meant like, like battery capacity. If I wanted to go get window film on my house, I can't get financing for that easily yeah okay I, I, it's got i go get a signature loan you know i could put it on a credit card um you know the seller might offer some sort of financing or you know there's going to be a million subprime type lenders would jump on that you know but you can't go like on a big project so so solar for so i've dealt a lot in solar for example in solar there's a lot more coming out, but it's still just, it's not massively there, you know, for the, for the financing side of things. So like you can go to the bank, you can get a car loan and it's really easy. It's done in a couple hours. You know, they know how to monitor, how to value it and then it's done. You can do a home loan and it's a little more complicated, but they can value it and put it together pretty quickly. And you know, once they get it on the table and get it in unwriting, uh, but you put a solar project on there and it gets dicey and gets confusing. So how do you connect that? So looking at bankability, you go, okay, what's a risk? Like as a financer, you go, what's a risk? You know, that, that's what creates investment opportunity. It's a risk analysis mm-hmm. for return. And so you go, what's the risk? Well, if the product comes from a company and here, here's where I say, you know, bankability is if a product comes from a company that's proven, so they've been around for a long time, they have a track record, they have a good financial statement, maybe a good credit rating. Uh, and then they, their product is, uh, guaranteed and it's performance guaranteed. So like these things now they're all 25 year, 30 year, you know, they're getting pretty really robust warranties on these. And then they have degradation curve on it. So they go, okay, well, say this panel is going to produce whatever amount of watts it produces uh you know for 25 years and it's going to degrade two mm-hmm. percent every year we'll say or whatever you know they don't even do that it's more like i think 0.08 percent or something but uh they they uh you know so they actually warranty that so if that panel in year 18 isn't producing there's a curve you can watch it so 
it's all calculated mm -hmm. you know it's like there's going to be you know 300 and you know whatever you know 50 sunny days yeah know, in uh yuma arizona happens to be the sunniest city in the world really yeah so the most sunny days uh are in yuma arizona so for a city you're I don't an know agent for big That's solar like, aren't you you're an agent. Well, uh, you're an agent for Big Solar. You sneaky bastard! You're on here slinging your solar products. I am offended. I will burn fossil fuels to the day I die. Long live Saudi Arabia. But yeah, no, it's yeah. You got to have them in sunny places, right? Yeah. It's, well, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, but yeah, so it's all, but it's all you can figure it out. That's what I'm saying. It's all math. Yeah. No, and so it's easy to figure out, and so. On a market, you go, okay, on a, bank, a bankable, getting back to being bankable, yeah, yeah, yeah. you go, okay, the company's going to be in business in 30 years. Yeah. Uh, probably. God willing, yeah. Or say, say they'll probably be in business half of their warranty. You know, yeah. you look at risk. And, and, you know, there's a formula and you go, okay, yeah, I can finance that. I'll give you 5% financing for it or whatever. And, you know, run that over a 10-year loan or a 20-year loan or a 30-year loan because that's you know the life cycle and look at it more like home mortgages and you know get these creative financing available for everyone yeah and also you know then being able to monetize it on resale too because someone puts a big yeah you put a solar system on a house and one of the biggest problems is a lot of times it's it can be a good portion of the house yeah. you know almost as much as the house sometimes or half the house or yeah. you know a section of it so you know, you want to capture that on the resale. If you, you know, say average person under throwing a dart sells their home every five years, you know, if you put $50,000 of solar on your roof, you know, in five years, that $50,000 of solar might be worth $40,000 and mm -hmm. you want to, you know, get the money back out of it. Yeah. So there's nothing for that, you know. Yeah. Too, but have you? Yeah, so it's messy. You yeah. Know, that's, those are the issues of it right now. It's adoption. But you, they're all solvable. With, do you think there will be? <laughs> do you think there will be uh, space-based solar? Have you ever seen those plans to draw? You know, it's like everything in the seventies. They're so optimistic with, with with the future of space. But one of the ideas was like you'd build these things like a hundred by a hundred kilometers, and it would be up there and it would be charging, and then it would beam it back down in microwaves. And then the other idea was, and I shit you not, this is in the book. Of, this was in the book, nuking the moon and other ideas left on the drawing board by Dr. Vince Houghton, who's the curator of the National Spy Museum, and who will uh, be on here on Thursday, everybody listening. I'll send you that book if you're interested. That book is insane. Yeah. But one of the ideas was right after World War II, they were like, or, you know, they're like, to sidestep that whole, because, you know, microwave, that was still like, you know, that's the future. Back then, they were like, what if we just made a big old mirror, and then we could just beam it onto one spot on the Earth, and we could have solar panels there. Or you could whatever you would use with heat, or back then it wouldn't even be solar panels. It would be like we could just have like you know a thousand Olympic swimming pools of water, boil it, turn it into steam, and we could run a whole nation off this one big mirror. And then of course the Nazi scientists we brought back through Operation Paperclip under Curtis LeMay, who was the Secretary of the Air Force, but he oversaw all of it. They were like you know they're like this is a great idea, and like what they wanted to do though is I shit you not, they were like or we could make it and we could pointed at cities of people we don't like and they're like no they're like pump the brakes you you nazi fucks like we're not gonna and like i think the exact wording is this could provide great energy or great evil and it's like yeah. these guys like come out of like a comic book of nazis they're like just saying 
we could yeah. do evil. And they're like, yeah. no. They're like, stop. The war's over. You're in America now. And, you know, whatever. But there are ideas like, I know there are also, the point is, is like, do you think there's any viability to like these massive centralized projects, whether it's the death ray, whether it's the big solar panels in space? I know another idea they had was like, you'd put all these like mirrors out in the desert, like thousands of them. And they'd all be tilted. They'd all kind of like a telescope. They'd be directing the light at one spot. And it's like a, there was like a conical, like concrete tower, like 1500 feet tall. And at the top was, I don't, I think it was like a piece of metal or something with like a super high melting point, something like Inkernel. And they would beam it at that and turn that thing. I mean, just thousands of degrees. And then they would use that to run like a steam generator. But the idea was like, you could put one of these in, you know, whatever, Arizona, you could run like California, Oregon and like Washington just yeah. off one of these. Do you think those centralized things are those have any viability or is that too grandiose? Like, Nazi-ish? yeah, no. It, so I've got an opinion on that. There, well, first of all, there there are some things actually out there that are kind of like the contraption you're talking about. They're just not quite as large, but uh, it, there are different things that kind of resemble that that idea. Uh, you know. My honest opinion, and this is coming from someone that's you know worked on utility scale projects and still dabbles in that area, is you know I I don't like the big projects. I don't like the big grandiose mm-hmm. ideas, and you know I'm I'm for many 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 ideas. So because I think you know the, the diversity of ideas and the diversity of solutions not only creates competition so the best ideas rise to the top but uh it also creates robust um more stable solutions you know i think too and so let's say if you have one thing you know it's generating your power you have, you have more of a vulnerability you know just mm-hmm. by yeah, its yeah, nature. yeah 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 and so i like kind of almost a blockchain idea of energy you know where you take and I, I would love to actually see some when I'm not smart enough to put it together, but I can kind of think about how to architect it. But you know, where energy transmission is is basically followed in somewhat of a blockchain, and so then it, it actually becomes a commodity where people are rewarded for the generation that they make. So, like if you put solar on your house and, and you, you have put it into you know, overproduction of energy, put it into the system. You know that contributes into the system, but it's tracked. You know, it's yeah. trackable with you know some sort of a you know blockchain system type of thing and what is there's a lot of interesting ways yeah but what is blockchain that, that, huh oh I don't, i've heard that no, term so before blockchain. i don't know what okay, that so, so it's like bitcoin like is yeah the, I, I don't is, know how that works okay so yeah so like bit, so bitcoin would be like the, the uh intro word into blockchain bitcoin is like you know, has a lot of feelings and emotions with it because people know something about it or they don't. But the theory of blockchain is essentially a decentralized infrastructure of information. So let's say, for example, I said this, I'm holding up a thing you can't see right now if you don't have video, there's a pen in my hand. Okay. It's a blue pen, okay? So I say this is a blue uh, papermate pen that's clickable. And so I, I say those characteristics and then I put that into the blockchain and this is a dummy version of it, okay? But 
say that that gets verified and it gets sent to say 20 other people's computers in those 20 19 out of those 20 people say yeah that's a blue pen that's a blue paper mate pen that's clickable and that all comes back all that information comes back exactly the same they go then that that blockchain agrees and says okay that's you know that's what it is okay you know okay and so and that's that information stored on all all 20 of their locations and your location and so it creates like this security of infrastructure so it's it's decentralized it and then that's where it gets kind of you know nerdy and complex and hard to follow and go understand i don't care i'm learning go for but, it but it makes something you know so so that that's a transaction that's a transaction basic that you can call it like a transaction yeah you know, that happens. So, so they decided that this was a pen. So that's blockchain number one. Okay. Okay. Then there's blockchain number two. That can be whatever that is. So, so it can be something else completely different. So that's that's the concept of it. So, so that's where you can use blockchain. So let's say, let's say it's money. Let's say it's Bitcoin. So just to transition it into something, to connect it. So instead of a pen. Let's say that that is that's Bitcoin. So instead of saying it's a blue pen, now I have these twenty people saying, "Okay, yeah, he has one thousand six hundred twenty-seven Bitcoin." Okay. And twenty different people verified that, and the verification of that's really really complicated to verify, in, okay. in a sense. Okay. And so the odds of that being wrong are. Like yeah. not infinitesimal. You know, okay. you know, everyone agrees that that's you know that much Bitcoin, and so then that's a transaction. So and I'm and I send it to someone or whatever. You know, so that's kind of how it happens. So these transactions happen, but they stay there forever. You know, so it's like that's why they call it blockchain. So you can go back anytime, and it's a public record that's on. You know, it's on the blockchain and it's on those 20 people's computers and it's on your computer and it's on everyone that has access to the blockchain, you know, who verified it and, and what happened yeah. and what it is. Yeah. So that, that's what creates the security in blockchain. Okay. And, and like the dumb down quick. Well, that's what I needed was a dumb version down. of Thank how you. I can explain it. I'm sure maybe someone else can explain it smarter. I'm not a blockchain pro. That was, um, that, was that was brilliant. That was brilliant for me. Thank you, Professor Preston. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm, and I'm being sincere. I'm not being sarcastic. I, I, that's what I need as I need people to break things down into blocks. So I'm like, okay, I got it. Well, yeah, it's a really confusing thing. I actually, yeah. a lot of people that participate in it don't even understand it. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's where blockchain can be cool. And, yeah. and blockchain, you know, like looking at the future, blockchain can replace industry. So like, let's say like, see, here's my notes on your Tommy's yeah. podcast. Woo. I'm an obsessive note taker. By the way, so side note, this is you know what I recommend everyone do. You know, I take my notes. Oh, I didn't write on here. But usually on the front, I write the start date and the end date, and then I just obsessively take notes of who I talk to, and I take I write the day uh, down. Yeah, you got it, brother. Podcast notes. But the start and the end date on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've yeah. Got it. April 3rd, 2020, the future of fusion energy, ITR, the ITR.org. Yeah. Maya. Yeah. Yeah. Just notes that don't make sense to anyone else. Operation Paperclip, Brigadier or General Smedley Butler, 
Jordan <laughs> Belfort, Rare Earth. Apparently, I was talking about Rare Earth medals on April 7th, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. And then I'll actually go back. I'll be like, oh, I met with, uh, you know, this super influential person, and we talked about this, and yeah. I'll go back and yeah. you know, dig through. I have piles. Of I believe you. The, yeah. So this I isn't keep. the only one I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then I file them in uh, shelves. Yeah, I take... I, I take pictures eventually when I finish. I'll take a picture of like the whole notebook, or I'll just take a video. I'll turn on nice. slow mo on my camera, and then I'll just yeah. flip through it really fast, and then I'll just yeah. throw that on an external. And I'm like, if I ever like need it, I can just I'll whip it up, and I'll just be able to pull through, find it, slow it down, and see that. And again, the notes don't really mean anything because it's like yesterday there was a note like I took during the the podcast, and within 30 minutes I didn't know what it meant, but it was yeah. it was Nazi plate tectonics, <laughs> and we eventually reverse engineered it, but like. Yeah, it's with. Sorry to get off topic. Is oh, no, that's right. I guess there is no topic. That's what I always say in this podcast. Why am I apologizing now? With Bitcoin, I don't know if you know this because this is something that like okay, I understood blockchain. Okay, I got that. Relatively, I got that. I could take like a an elementary test on that now. But one thing that I do believe will for, forever be out of my grasp of intellectual capacity is what is Bitcoin mining? Like what? that to me that's black oh, okay. magic that's yeah that's so actually alchemy. so i've got a couple of friends that run mining operations uh i've uh so i'm a little bit familiar with it and it's really cool it's really Hell there's yeah. these big warehouses with machines and air moving and there's what so it's like a physical place so much oh yeah so these are mining operations so this is what i'm talking about so these are so there's 20 so let's say those those you, 20 computers can you get someone on my podcast they verified my pen. No, because these guys are okay. All right, all right. Sorry. Secret. Okay. Yeah, okay. They, sorry. They don't want anyone to know. Got it. The operations there, because they're worried someone's going to rob them. They got like millions and millions of dollars in equipment. Gotcha. And uh, you know, really the equipment. Gotcha. But yeah, you know, all the processors and things, and it, it's nuts. But yeah. they're big, big energy hogs. You yeah. Know, they, they're yeah. These big energy hogs that consume. But okay, so what they do is they have. Like so, like a mining operate operation, they might have thousands or you know whatever. Let's say a round number. Let's say thousand. They have a thousand really really high speed computers, Graphic essentially. Cards. You know, and those computers are running a program that does the algorithm. So each each one of these coins, they're based off an algorithm, and that's what verifies that this is a blue pen. So that to tell me this is a blue pen, you have to have that algorithm code. And then you've got to, you know, when these come out, when so pe transactions come out. So it's kind of like, hey, here's a transaction. If you're a miner, you take that transaction. You're always trying to get transactions to verify. So you're constantly searching and verifying you know, transactions. And so you're you're doing the math. So your machine is doing the math and you're going is is this here's this math equation here's this math equation here's this math equation okay here's the answer to the math equation send it back that's it if you're part of solving that to the token or whatever that transaction yeah. that you know that situation uh on the blockchain then you get paid a little bit of the transaction okay so and you get paid by the token so it's like bitcoin so like if you process bitcoin you get paid with bitcoin okay. so it's not their money they just make new money 
Yeah, and so there's this, so you get paid like a little bit and they, and they get some, but then they have a plan. That's what's interesting. That's where the law of like scarcity comes into play and that's where the investment and the yeah. hype and the things yeah. go is they go, okay, we're on token number, whatever, you know, only so many of them are going to play out, you know, that you can like buy and then there's this limited amount. And, you know, so they do all these different types of things to, you know, create more value or more scarcity. And then, you know, it depends on, there's different algorithms that, you know, control how they go up or down and things like that. And so, and then that's what builds the people that nerd out and read that stuff go yeah i like this one yeah i like this one and then all the rest of it's just herd following i don't know yeah. what the hell's happening but i'm gonna follow this because my buddy did yeah yeah uh, so that's yeah. uh i don't understand any of that that's uh that if someone yeah, yeah if someone if someone made that pitch to me i'd be like get off my doorstep <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but no i not and that's not i'm not that's not but it is it, it's really it's really a strange you know way to look at things but it's, it clearly it's works really cool. it clearly works yeah. people have been minted billionaires off of it well yeah and if you look at it transactionally you go okay like a transaction like an email like i'm going to send you an email that's got a document in it or something you know if if you can that's got a lot more vulnerability because there's just one transaction there's me sending you an email Lots of people can hack into it. They could change it. They could fake it. Or they could do different things. But if you have those twenty people or whatever it is, you know, that are verifying that say, "Yep, I saw that. That's an email from Preston. Yep, I saw that. That's an email from Preston. Yep, I saw that. That's an email from Preston." Yeah, then you get it and you go, "Oh yeah, this is definitely an email, email from Preston." Yeah, and it's, it's it's like one thing I was thinking about. If it, it, you know, because I think about. You know, my time in the morning, I think about things that go down crazy, mm-hmm. funny trail thoughts yeah. and stuff. And I was thinking, it's interesting. I feel like it's kind of the death of the autograph. Of the yeah. autograph? Yeah, the autograph. People don't really get autographs. They kind of do, but it's like they don't really care. But what what replaced it? And so the, it went from signatures to selfies. So everyone wants ah, the, okay, you know, yeah, that's... That's they want good, to get the the guy, you know. I'm with. I got the guy. selfie. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I am with fucking yeah. Shaq, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's brilliant. Interesting too, because you know, and I really, I so I think you know we've gone from signature to selfie, but you look at that like a society, and you go, why? Well, you know, well, it's it's the evolution of society. It's like this trust thing. It's like trust. It's like okay, well, a signature. You know, now you know there's this big thing. You know, I know signatures are really cool when I was a kid and, you know, you go get a signature, but like the biggest thing was like getting it authenticated yes. or whatever, yes. you know, you get the thing and, and it says real signature, yeah. but then like even those started being faked and then yeah. it's like people buy authentic- authentications. Uh, I can't yeah, talk. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah. so then you got to like, basically you got to have like, you know, the document with a picture of the guy signing it. Yeah, you know, and it's just with, a bunch of, you know, yeah. He's holding out his driver's license, yeah. you know, to verify that your signature is actually real. And so, but it's this, like, interesting, you know, thing in society where people go, okay, there's so much fraud, you know, out yeah. there and so much uh, distrust in the world. And so, you know, you go, okay, this is, this is me you know, in the picture, you know, with someone. Yeah. And so, you know, that's like what's been cool. And that's what's been adopted. But kind of it shows 
you know, trends too in society when you analyze things like that. And, and but that's kind of blockchain. That's where you know, blockchain steps into because it authenticates a lot yeah. of different processes. And I think down the road, blockchain will replace, you know, title companies are at risk, mm. maybe a lot of government, you know, DMV type processes. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at all these different industries that can be swapped out with it. Um, it's, you know, and I, I don't know if it's ever going to be, yeah. you know, currency or whatever. I don't look at it so much as a currency, even though I've done a lot of, you know, trading. For fun. Yeah. But uh, the, you know, I look at it more as like a technology, you know, future. Yeah. It's like a road for, you know, really creating secure transactions. Yeah. It's, it, that I'm still stuck on that from signatures to selfies because it's true. But, and then in time, selfies are going to be replaced because I Photoshop. Right. I can already make a convincible fake. Like, yeah, I, I I can do it, and I'm I can do it on an iPhone eight. Like you know, I, I could put us together in a picture. I could yeah. absolutely do it. I could do you, and, me, and Jimi Hendrix yeah. at, at the fucking at the polls a week ago, and I could make it look. If, more time, give me twenty four hours. I could make it look convincing to someone who didn't know Jimi Hendrix, who was. Right. They would look at it and go, "Yeah, it's just right. those two guys and." this dude with like a killer guitar and a headband like so it's gonna bump up from there to then it would have to almost be like live photos right yeah then, then hold, give me video they'd well, be like hey i'm here What's i'm here it? but now there's deep fakes and deep fakes right. are, so eventually you're gonna have to go it's crazy because like everything that the president does is like cataloged in like their future like presidential library as well as the library of congress so like right now it's if you go like just write anything like a tweet to donald trump it will be even if like in years when like Twitter is no more and a Twitter is as much as a bygone as Blockbuster or N64, it will still be cataloged in a digital library for the president. And it sounds like, well, that's so much effort. Well, they do do it. And it's a lot of effort, but it's for the president. And there's no, of course, it's not profitable, but they, they do make this digital library catalog. I mean, they catalog everything. So I was watching a documentary last night. They have all wow. of Reagan's note cards where he used to write his one liners on. Like they still have those in like boxes. And so like they, they save everything. You can't do it for everyone, but you can certainly do it for the president. Right. If you go tweet to Donald Trump, you are cataloged forever. And like, yeah. I remember when I first started doing like photoshops and I would put them online and I would like sell t-shirts and stuff. I remember seeing one of my designs, I was making like knockoffs of all the, you know, like the run DMC, but I would just make them up. I do. I made like Reno 911. I made like a Joe Rogan run, like run JRE, like the A10 Warthog. I just made it B-R-R-R-R-T, like Bert, if you know anything about the Air Force. But like I made all those and I remember seeing one of my shirts being sold on Amazon. And I was like, motherfucker, someone's stealing my shit. And so, like, I sent the guy an email. I was like, hey, kid, like, I love to buy. So I bought one. And he was like, cool. And then once I got it and I had where it was from and I, I told him, I was like, all right, now you're going to refund me. Now you're going to take it off your thing because this is mine. And luckily, the guy capitulated and he did it. If he had tried to call my bluff, even though it's, it was my work, I'd have no way to back it up. So what I started doing, like a true crazy person, was whenever I'd make, like, a really intricate design piece that I'd put, like, 100 hours of time into over, like, two weeks have i would just tweet it to trump knowing that like the first time this image ever appeared on the internet documented it is documented right there so if they find it in the future they'll always be able to find the first one down to the millisecond tweeted at trump by me and so that's what i used to do is i i was just like i piggybacked onto like that presidential cataloging but on that note there's going to be a sort of signatures to selfies to live photos to videos then it's going to be like 
tweets, right? It's going to have to be like a picture of you and them, and they're going to tweet at you. And then that yeah, will have to be yeah, verified like they're, through they're encryption. Gonna to, yeah. Come from their yes. platform. Yeah, yeah, like that will be your thing is you'll be you were retweeted by the president or the governor or whatever. And it will be verified by like the Library of Congress. Like it'll be yeah. and that will be your thing on your wall instead of in like your, you know, your man cave instead of having Michael Jordan going like that and you have it autographed, instead you're gonna have like a tweet from like at real Michael Jordan or some shit. I don't know where I'm going yeah. with this, but like it's a yeah. weird thing. Authenticity, yeah. It's what mm-hmm. is real and what isn't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, and I don't know why I'm handing it off to you as if you have any response yeah, to no, that. But... I, I'll, I'll run with it. I'll Ooh. run with it. What is real and, and what is not? Yeah. yeah. You know, I uh, I actually spend a lot of time in that thinking space. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I think it's actually a really, really, really important thinking yeah. space yeah. to go, okay, what is real and what is not? Yeah. And it's actually you know a big 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 part of you know some of my training and some of my you know coaching that i do so you know part of that too is you know so you know say let's take the world right now for example like people you know have all these feelings or uh you know different things and different emotions about Yeah. What's happening and everything's hate speech. Everything's offensive. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And, but, you know, really, you know, you really have to get, you know, that granular and go, what, what is actually, you know, happening? What's happening right now? You know, we kind of like talked about, I think before when we talked about that, my idea of life, emotion, everything around you. you Yeah. 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 And everything else is moving. Yeah. So yeah, just to recap for those sure. who didn't hear it last time, you know, it's basically that the world's moving around you and I'm sitting here doing my own thing and I'm, but you know, life's moving. Like everyone around me is doing something. You know, all my you know people outside of this room that I'm sitting in are out doing something the world's spinning and people are driving and things are happening and life is in motion. And so if I'm, so by that theory, that means that I'm in motion. So mm-hmm. I'm either moving forward or backward. And what can I do, you know, with that? And so separating out, you know, what's real and what's, you know, not real is huge because, you know, okay, you look at all these things like fears, like whatever fear, you know, you're living, pe- people are living in, in a space of, of fear. Let's, and you sit there and you go, okay, you know, I let, let's just, pretend I'll, I'll just be the fear victim here and I'll put it on me. I'll say, okay, you know, I'm afraid of, you know, the presidential election. I'm afraid sure. of, you know, what's going to happen. Sure. I'm afraid of the economy. I'm afraid of coronavirus. I'm afraid of shutdowns. You know, I'm afraid of people not coming to my business. I'm afraid of, of these things, but you know what in, in the end, you know, none of that is actually real. Mm-hmm. And none of that serves you too to live in that space. And so if you rewind and you look at it and you go, okay, I'm sitting in my space right now. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my office and just get really literal. Okay. I'm yeah, sitting in my yep. chair, sitting in my office and having a great chat with Tommy, Woo. the man. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you're right here. Life is good. You know, yes. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying it. Nothing. You know, I ate breakfast mm-hmm. this morning mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, comfortable 
Yeah. And I'm safe. Yeah. You know, right now I'm not sick. Yeah. And I'm really capable of doing whatever it is I want to do yep. right now. Yep. And and you know we really 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 need to step out of our place and and be super yeah. super conscious and realize those things because it's so so important. I'm making a note, but it's <laughs> it's like what Duncan Trussell, the comedian, said. He had two great sayings, and he. By the way, I know I said it only keep you for an hour. I can keep talking if you want. I don't want to keep you. We got like five more minutes. I, I can keep talking. I'm okay uh, for like you know twenty more minutes. Okay, or okay, so. okay, okay. Um, but it's like the comedian Duncan Trussell says is he's like um, right now there is a right now there is a th- right now there is a poor phoneless fool sitting under a waterfall watching a sunset, who has no idea how scared and angry he should be. And then another one is like, until zombies are eating your leg in front of you, he's like, all fear is in your mind. But that's, I do that when I meditate. I'll, because, you know, right now it's, oh, the election, coronavirus, I got to go meet someone today after this. And then I got a guest tomorrow. And I've got like 15 guests over the next 15 days that I've got to read 13 books. And am I going to get it done? And I got Thanksgiving coming up and I'm trying to diet more. And what am I doing? You know, I got to move out of my parents' house. And when's this? When's that? And what's going? But then as you start to just kind of follow your breath and you like look around, you like when I'm meditating on my bed, I'll be like, what is objectively what is here? And you look mm-hmm. outside and like a nine-year-old girl on a tricycle, you know, the fans going and, you know, the yeah. the the sheet on my pillow is just you look around yeah. and, you know, you can kind of hear like your stomach gurgle and like what's in the closet. There are some clothes. And here I am, the fan going, bottle of clean water next to me. I'm showered, shaved. Not well like an idiot, but <laughs> it's like what Just is actually Yeah. But it's like what is actually here? You know, oh the election and coronavirus and blah, 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 and you're like What if why I always think is like if I could just right now if if you just turned off like if you just nuked all of my devices and you just muted life what is actually going on? If I can't look at it and have Twitter tell me what's going on, if I'm just sitting here, look like what is objectively happening? There's a light beeping on my router, talking to you. There are my glasses. My back doesn't hurt. I don't have a sore throat. Yeah, like what's, pretty real, good. what's really going on right now? Yeah, Com- right. Computers humming along in the. Is there any problems? And what is different right now? Right now, then, let's say, let's say while you and I are talking, let's say Biden and Trump both died in an assassination attempt, and right now there's riots in New York. Or not. Right now, there is no difference. So, right. and I'm not saying ignore the world, but it's just... Right. Bring it down. Preston, monologue for 30 seconds. I got to go to the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, t- taking it from that space, you know, you have you have the craziness and you have the chaos, you know, that's that's happening, that's going, you know, on in the world. And you know, wh- what was mentioned was that that balance. Like, okay, well, do I forget about it? Do I neglect it? Do I not become a part of it? Or, you know, how much do I let in my life? And that's what's so beautiful about deeply deeply recognizing what happens in your current space that you're in because if you can gain control of that 
you realize that you can gain control of anything you want. And then clearing that space, you go, okay, what do I want my look? What do I want my life to look like? What do I want my outcomes to be? Where do I want things to go you know, for me in the future? And what do I want to participate in? Because that gives us the power and the choice to do that. The most important thing is, you know, separating all those things so we can actively choose what we want to do. And then, you know, we can jump back into, you know, that, you know, chaos that's happening. If that's, if you want chaos in your life, you can jump into chaos. If you don't want chaos, if you want peace, you, know, you can jump into peace. Yeah. If you want to be, you know, proactive about something, you go, okay, I don't have to take on the feelings of what's happening around me but I can express how I feel about it to people. And what they say doesn't affect me because I'm in my own space and they yeah. can't control me. They can't control my thoughts. Yeah. Well, I love, uh, I think it's Ram Dass, Richard Alpert, the uh, professor from Harvard from the who got fired for the Harvard LSD experiments. He was friends with Timothy Leary, you know, tur- mm-hmm. tune, in, tur- tune in, turn on, drop out, that mm-hmm. guy. And he was, uh, and then he went, he took some psilocybin and then he went to India and like met with gurus. And then he turned some, he was some guru for like the next, he actually died last year. He was in his nineties, but he was one of my favorite. He changed his name to Ram Dass. And yeah. he's just this big, he's just big beard, just flowing guy. He's, I think he might be my favorite human that's ever lived, but mm-hmm. I'll send you some quotes from him. I have an app from him that I, I look yeah. at every, every day. I'll read the ones just from like yesterday, I think, um, just from, I encourage you. So November eighth, twenty twenty, and he well, obviously he's dead now. But he, there's an app, and it just, it's just free app called Ramdas, and it's just yeah. I'll send it to you. It's just and for everyone listening, I'll put it in the description. It's just like sayings of his every day. I encourage you to make peace with death, to see it as the culminating adventure of this adventure called life. It is not an error. It is not a failure. It is a t- it is taking off a tight shoe which you have worn well. And it's like that's a way to look at death. Is like you did well, like you. You fought. You you know, yeah. coach put you in and you played yeah. until you sprained your ankle. You got some you got some you got a triple double, right? You did well. But now we're yeah. taking you out. And it's not the end of the world. You played well. And then another one, look at all the great saints. They're as neurotic as anybody else. It's kind of irrelevant. So you don't have to change your neuroses. You just stop identifying with them. You just make friends with them and they come by for tea and you observe them. You don't identify with them. <laughs> so you have your O C D come in and you just Oh hey, you know it's going. And you just kind of look at it as like a, a yapping dog. It's just like yeah. it's here. Yeah. Entertain it while it's here. You know your depression, your self hatred. Um, you know I haven't lost enough weight. My podcast isn't big enough. Like, don't reject it, but don't entertain it. Just be like, ah, here is my demon. Like your demon's coming in. You're like, what's up, man? Like I know you're gonna try yeah. to tear me down, but like, you know what's going on in the underworld, right? You just talk with your demons and say this to anyone else. They're gonna look at you like you're insane. But <laughs> yeah. No, and well, and and really, that's what it is, is that next next step down is realizing that you are the one that's deciding whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. There's no objective, good or bad. It's your yeah. your so, so it's if it's wrong, you made it wrong. Yep. Yep. It's. Yeah, you that's simple. You labeled it. There's I no mean, upper. Yeah, people agree with you, or there's different things like that, or whatever. But like literally, you know, 
when you get down to the minute little hairy details of it, yeah, you make the the positives and the negatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mind. Yeah. There's there's another one by Alan Watts. It's like a little story. It's like there once was a Chinese farmer whose crops failed. And his neighbors came by and said, Oh my god, that's you know, it's just so sad your crops failed. That's a bad thing. And he said, Maybe. And so realizing that he couldn't make money off of crops, he went and bought a horse the next day and made money uh, using the horse. And he ended up making 10 times as much money. All his neighbors came by and said, you got a horse. Good thing your crops failed. And he said, maybe. And the next day the horse ran away. And they said, oh my God, your source of well-being ran away. That's bad. And he said, maybe. The next day the horse returned with 10 other wild horses. So now he's making 100 times as much money. They said, all these horses returned. That's a good thing. And he said, maybe. And the next day, his son was riding one of the horses and fell and broke his leg. And they all came around and said, your son broke his leg. That's a terrible thing. And he said, maybe. And the next day, the conscription officer came around grabbing young men for the war. They saw his son had a broken leg and they passed him over. And he said, they said, that's a bad thing. And he said, maybe. (laughs) But it's the whole thing is just maybe. Yeah. What what is what? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Right. It's it's. um, Yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm yeah. going off on a tangent, but yeah, you're right. It's well, that what asking, do you identify? Yeah. That asking of the maybe in every single scenario allows you to not judge it into mm-hmm. you know the negative connotation that it's you know just it's trying to fit into. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe you know maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. You know, maybe it'll be tough. Maybe it'll be hard. But and maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe it can be different. Yeah. And if you don't open yourself up to that maybe that possibility then you don't have creation you don't yeah. have new you don't have expansion you don't have growth you know you look at leaders like uh, ceos you know, a lot of ceos are the most you know crazy you know shoot for the stars type i mean elon yeah. musk is a perfect yeah. example Literally you know that it's like you know yeah it's like oh yeah let's go live on mars but like we need those people you know to break past you know break people's you know understanding of what can be done and then he needs the people that are on the yeah the ground yeah do or yeah and actually implement and then you know it steps down from there but you know just looking at it and realizing what our potential is it can be whatever we create it to be it literally can't you know and it you know maybe you won't get to mars but uh, you can, you know, create the feeling and the purpose in whatever you do. Yeah. And that's the most important thing, whether yeah. it's if you're a bagger at the grocery store or a CEO of a company or, you know, an author trying to tell your story or, you know, what whatever, a mechanic in a, you know, shop fixing everyone's car so they're perfect to drive and safe, you know. Everyone has a purpose, and yeah. and it makes it all work. And yeah. so, and it's that that variety of it all fitting together that makes it all beautiful and yeah. amazing. Yeah, the sooner you try to label, it. yeah, no, I love what you said about Elon. It's there's yeah, there's another quote. It's like, it's like the dreamers and the realists need each other. The dreamers make sure that like the system is always changing and advancing, and the realists keep the dreamers from floating away. Yep. It's this like yeah, yeah. This, this duality, and it's like it's not one or the other right but it's yeah i like that and what i really like is is the yeah labeling 
this is bad. This is mm-hmm. good. This is bad. I mean, Seth MacFarlane, the creator of Family Guy, got drunk as hell and slept in and missed his flight to go home. Mm-hmm. And that plane crashed into the North Tower on 9-11. Yeah. The creator of Family Guy. Right, yeah. I'm sure there was a couple moments where he was like, I missed my flight, God damn it. Yeah. Right? And oh, it's, yeah. And then, really frustrated. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that time, Family Guy was only a year old. Now it's, now it's worth like $500 million, right? Yeah. It's, but that is, it's like, maybe. You just have to... You know, and it's always... And then furthermore, it's always... It's so much easier said than done. We can sit here in like our nice chairs under nice lights and we're having this conversation. It's very idyllic and romantic and idealized and we're sitting on our ivory towers like this is the way we should think. But, you know, throw in one bad day of not enough sleep and you stubbed your toe and you get in an argument with your significant other and now all of a sudden, you know, if someone's, you know, if someone stops early at a red light, you're not going maybe, you know, it's bad they stopped because now I can't merge onto the highway. You're not telling yourself maybe. You're going, screw this person. I'm going to ram another car, right? Fuck them. Right. So it's easier said than done. But that's why, I mean, I guess this was supposed to be the topic of our, I completely forgot. Meditation. <laughs> that's why I meditate every, I think you would appreciate this. What The way I describe meditation, I've been meditating almost every day since 2008, is like meditation is like you do it every day even if everything seems right. Because it's like when there's like a light misting. It's not raining when it's just a light misting outside. You put your windshield wipers on the lowest setting. There's not a lot going on, but you just keep them on the lowest setting. And if at any point you're like, I don't need it, and I just turn them off, it only takes like five minutes before all of a sudden you're, it's foggy and it's like there's you know there's water all over your windshield and you're like I can't see anything. And then you hit the mm-hmm. windshield and it wipes it all off and you're clear. The way I look at it as is like daily meditation is just keeping your windshield wipers on the lowest setting. It just kind of sweeps it all off before it develops and grows into something big and bad and dangerous. Mm-hmm. So today, I don't, I didn't feel like I need to meditate. Like I sat down, and it's, that's the lie I'd always tell myself. It's like I don't need to meditate today. And then a week would go by, and I'd be in a terrible spot, and I'd be like, I just need to sit down and take a breath. But I meditated this morning. Didn't feel like I needed to. I was talking to Preston today. Got to go for a drive. Got to pick up some shit. And just meditate. Just ten minutes. Just. And I don't think I wiped away anything with my windshield wiper, but the reality is, is I never know until it's been several days of not meditating and I'm, you know, I'm getting angry about things that normally I wouldn't get angry about stuff that you're supposed to just let kind of roll off your shoulders. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, and you know, I think too, I think there's a lot of, you know, subconscious, uh, thought around the word meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you say meditate, and it's like there's a certain amount of people that go, oh, yeah, okay, light up your patchouli and put your <laughs> yoga pants on and, you know, go hippie out. Yeah. And yeah, go and, yeah. and hold hands with a Buddhist monk. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, but that doesn't have to be meditation. I mean, it can be too, which is sure. fine. But there's a hundred million different ways to do what's called yeah. know, meditation. Yeah. And so, like, I like to, like create my intentions on my transitions in between life. I think that's, you know, kind of like a little bit of a meditation basically that you can do in between the things that you do. And I think that's been probably one of the most rewarding ways to do it for myself 
so I'll I'll do that. I saw like I'll pull up to a meeting when there's normal meetings, and I drive somewhere, and and I I drive there, and I and before I walk in, I'm sitting there in my car in the parking lot, and I'll just you know go okay, you know who do I want to show up as, you know what what do I want to accomplish in this meeting, you know what do I what I want to feel like when I'm with these people, and you know, how do I want these people to perceive me? And I just kind of, you know, go through that in a quiet space and think about those things and just create your intentions for where you're going in next. And then, you know, same thing, you know, I get back home and my kids are at home and I pull up and I go, okay, now I'm gonna create my intentions and I'm gonna be a good father and I'm gonna be fun, I'm gonna be exciting, I'm gonna be, you know, someone that, you know, you wanna play with and I'm going to be happy and uh, relaxed, you know. And so if if you can create your intentions a lot, like really be proactive about it between the things that you do, that's a really great micro meditation. That's amazing. I'm going to start incorporating that today. Transition your intentions, intentions during transitions. I really like that. Just what do you in what in what a minute? Yeah, yeah, you just like a minute to two minutes. Just this is like don't don't like interrupt it. You know, you want to give yourself like a solid minute, basically. You know, and go kind of go through it, and it's you know really easy. uh, But when when you do it, man, it's it's awesome. Really, because it's all of a sudden you walk into the place, you're like, yeah, yeah. I am that person. I am that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then they're and then they're like, "Sir, please put your pants on." You're like, "Fuck!" A kid just came off Tommy's <laughs> podcast, right? The no the no pants zone, but yeah. it's but that's I like that. Now, do you have you ever done it? So it's who do I want to be when I'm you know it's after this? What am I gonna? Okay, I'll I'll do that for two minutes, and then it's like when I go downstairs, I'm gonna get a bite to eat. My mom's down there. Like, who am I gonna be when I? Because after a podcast, I'm always like, my brain's a little fried. I kind of feel a little like, right. Yeah. Okay. So, but do you ever do that? And then I got to go somewhere later today. I got to go meet with some people. I'm going to pull up and I'm going to two minutes in the driveway. And this is what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Now, do you ever yep. do that when it's just you, though? Are you ever like, let's say yeah. you, you get home, but like, let's say the wife and kids are out of town or whatever, and you know you have the place to yourself. Do you ever, do you still sit there and go, this is who I'm going to be for myself? Have you ever done yeah. that? You know, I, I honestly probably don't do that enough. Um, that would be cool. That's but yeah, that that's a really, really great use of time. I mean, yeah, if you're heading into a study time, especially or something yeah. like that, you know, I've done it probably more in like project base, but, um, you know, where I go, okay, you know, I want to, you know, kind of get this thing done and, you know, be focused and sit down and, but yeah, also too, you know, to, I think the more you can implement things like that, the better, Yeah. You know, because yeah. you're, you're creating an intentional you're living an intentional life mm-hmm. yeah in the end. yeah i'm i'm a super huge believer in in like focusing your intent like mm-hmm. and this is as like someone who was pre-med who got into medical school like i was as like you know materialistic uh cold materialism as as possible you know no spiritual everything to me was just protons electrons nuclear forces gravity and a lot of me still is that person but even then i was still very much like i believe that like focusing your intent really does and i'll lose a lot of people here really does have an effect in the world and to me that doesn't need to be like you don't need to take it's kind of like when 
like I love UFOs, right? And a lot of people kind of get turned off by it because they're like extraterrestrials. UFO doesn't mean extraterrestrial. It just means it's unidentified. It could very well, most probably, mm. is military. But to you, it is unidentified, right? So that's how I kind of look at it is like when I say I think intent does uh, affect the physical world, if not somewhat, it does entirely. I have yet to figure that out. That doesn't necessarily mean you got to jump into like, ooh, ooh, all right, yeah, your mind creates the world, man. No, it could very well be that it's just that's like a science we haven't discovered and an analogy i always use is like 500 years ago not even like 200 years ago germ theory wasn't a thing so when the doctor would there'd be 10 kids in the doctor's office he'd put his finger in your mouth open up say ah all right next person put it in your mouth and then they all get sick and we're like how the hell did that happen right and it's just like that's yeah. and then you know the doctors are recommending cigarettes and then we find out there's germs, right? And imagine, you know, the Black Plague, bubonic plague. It's, oh, man, all, you know, God is smiting us. And it's like, no, there, it's, there's just a, a virus passing. And now what do we have? When it starts happening, we're not like God is smiting us, right? There's a pandemic. We need to close everything down, wear a mask. But then we're good, right? And it's, we kind of bring it down into reality. I think that, like, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, you know, yeah, go hold hands with a Buddhist monk. Like, oh, we're just going to change the world with our minds, man. Like, I think there could very well just be a science to it that we haven't figured out. I mean, mm -hmm. from, you know, we, before we discovered radio waves or, you know, we didn't know, we can't see them. And now all of a sudden we're building these boxes and we can just talk hundred miles away. That's, yeah. it did not exist in our spectrum of what we thought was possible. So who's to say that just as a blind person has no idea what sight is, Who's to say that there isn't an, a sixth sense, a seventh, an eighth, a 311th? Who's mm. to say that there aren't these things that in time will be as scientific as this pencil is going to, or this pen's going to drop at 9.81 meters per second squared? There it goes. Who's to say mm. that it's not going to be that much of just a figured out science? In 300 years, they might be like, you know, it's like, you know, you, you got to take your vitamin, you know, make sure to get plenty of sunshine and positive intentions. Like, it's, it could just be that, like, it could be that, like, take your multivitamin, make sure you eat whole grains, and make sure to focus your intent positively because that creates the corporeal around you. Like, it might mm -hmm. be a science that we just haven't figured out through some, I don't know, some theta wave, gamma wave coming off your brain affects the particles. I have no idea. But it could just be a science where they figure out with certainty, just like if something is dry and you drop a match, it will light on fire. The doctor might be like, and, you know, make sure that you focus on positive intentions and positive relationships at least six days a week. And then within a year, you'll see results. That could very well be it. Yeah. You know, yep. no, it's it's true. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, uh, I know one thing medically has changed, uh, you know, the, uh, like the understanding of things is uh, stomach ulcers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they used to say there's always different things yeah. that cause them. Now they just realize that it's bacteria. They give people yeah. uh, antibiotic and it's cleared up yeah. in 14 days. Yeah, it's uh, what it, what is it? It's um, H pylori. H pylori. Yeah, I remember that from biochemistry. I was like, what the hell? But even yeah. or even things like depression and shit. Like, if you, I don't know if you follow, but there's a, it's not neuroimmunology. It's like a, it's like gastroenterology, but it's the linking of your gut health to your mental health. And they're finding a huge part of your mental health is like healthy gut flora. And so yeah. like what may have been just like, oh, I'm just fuck, I'm just depressed. And it's like, oh, no, you just need to take some like acidophilus, which <laughs> brings so much weight to the word hangry. 
Exactly. Exactly. It, it, but it really does, right? It really does, and it's. But that's true. It, but it's a. It's, that's one of the things, though. It's like where it's like no one ever proved it, but we all knew it was a thing, which is why it's a successful ad. A, a why it's a successful ad campaign. Hangry, because it's one of those things where it's like just because. It, but it's kind of like positivity. Like we haven't figured it out. But if you ask anyone that like positively visualizes what they want in life, they all agree. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And that just means we have so hangry. There's a great example. Didn't figure it, but now it's like, oh yeah, no, it's this is actually affecting like the dopamine and the oxytocin and the norepinephrine in your brain. And now it's like, oh, that thing that we all kind of laughed, but we didn't know what we just called it hangry. Grab a Snickers, right? This podcast sponsored by Snickers is yeah. It's just like that's now a science, though, right? And it's that's one of those things where it's yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. And now we thought it was nothing, and it's that's crazy. That's absolutely yeah. crazy, right? Yep. Yeah, our seasonal affective disorder. Now we know it's. I mean, I have a light that was actually worked as like a. I got it, like I got it like two years after like my. But I don't know if I. T- I lost a brother to suicide in two thousand fourteen. Yeah, and like, like right. Raymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is this yeah. is the same exact uh, uh-huh. wavelengths of light as rising sun. And uh-huh. it's, you're only yeah. supposed to use it for like 15 minutes, but I will turn it on. I haven't used it in a while, actually. But within like most a couple minutes, are, you can feel it. You can feel most, it. Yeah, most people are deficient in in uh, vitamin D. I'm sure. I you know, know, a lot of that's because they don't get a lot of sun, sunshine and things like that, especially now. Yeah. And, you know, with technology and yeah. all the things that keep us inside. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is. It's really important. And yeah, I mean, I've had you know, two friends that have taken their lives mm-hmm. and, you know, you look at those situations and you go, man, you know, what could we have done? You exactly. know, you always go backwards and you can never go backwards, Yeah. but you go, okay. You know, looking at it that way, you go, what can you go, you know, forward? And that's where, you know, that's why I love, like, that's, that's what motivates me. A lot of, like a lot of that stuff, like my book, you know, that's it, everything in how to be up and down times. It's all things that, help you live like a, a whole comprehensive life because you have to take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. That's what's important is, you know, that's the foundation of everything is to take care of yourself with good nutrition, with good exercise, with, you know, stimulating your brain and learning and, you know, doing all those, you know, things that uh, nurture ourselves so that we can feel better. Cause if we can't feel better ourselves and we can't do anything, we can't accomplish anything mm-hmm. and we can't go on to magnify the world. Or if we do, we're kind of faking it. Yeah, and it's draining us more. Yeah, yeah. and so that's my goal. I gotta get it going. Yeah, 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 here. yeah. We'll wrap this up. Yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll end with that. That's Woo! my goal. You know, the pay the this book we made it super cheap. It's under five dollars. All yeah. versions are under five dollars, and but I did that because I want to pay it forward. I want people. I want it to be the most gifted book out there. You Hell know, yeah. because it's got great you know information that you know, will help people and it, and it might be one chapter in this whole book that might just help you to give you that one little tool mm-hmm. you need to make your life better. 
yeah it's all, so that's what yeah. it's all about for me that's the difference is you know that one thing that makes a difference in your life yeah that that's all, that's all you need and i'll let you go because i'm going to keep talking otherwise so press cool. weeks. no good yeah. always to talk Dude, to you yes. and you know, you're you're a, a brother from across the country Woo! same and, to you man uh, much love yeah. dude. that's what i tell everybody i tell everybody i love you so i love you preston it's uh i it's, love it's, you too it's thanks, good to man. be on your show and yeah. it's good to get to know you and good to chat hell yeah i'll send you a text I'm definitely gonna have you on again before November's out. You are you're definitely gonna be a recurring guest because I like you. I like bouncing <laughs> ideas off you. This is good. I like this. Thanks. Well, you know, come at me with a bunch of problems because I love problem solving. Well, I just that's what I well, drive. I, my existence is problems, so I'll just come on here and start. And this is today was a perfect episode. That's how I like to do it. I just turn it on, and we went from renewable energy to hydrogen to blockchain, and then we end on this beautiful note. But as I just said, I wouldn't do. I am now talking and not letting you go. <laughs> Preston Weeks, co-author of How to Be Up and Down Times in the description and in the top comment. Preston will be on here. He doesn't know it yet, but before the end of November, he'll be on again. Much love, everybody. Stay safe. God bless America. Preston, I'll see you, buddy.